You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. It's, it's more than just a football chairman. It's, it's part of our community. It's done so much for our, our community. It's given millions to charities locally. Uh, although he's not somebody who, who courts publicity in terms of talking to the media very regularly, uh, he's very, very quiet on that front, and the whole family are, um, he he's still been approachable um, and, and he was quite happy for fans to go up to him and take selfies and smile and, and wave and, and, and just, just say hello um, so he's always been welcoming to the fans We came here for a football match we came here to talk about goals and sendings off and managers but in the end that just became all irrelevant I think his heart and soul was into this place um, I don't think we've ever met anybody like it um, come along and just take on this city and bring us to where we are and it's just a shame we've now lost him that, that, that's the thing that I think Les is going to have to come to terms with now. He's, he's, he's no longer with us, but I think he will be in spirit forever. He fell in love with the club that we all love, and he did everything he could for us. And he gave us moments that we could only possibly dream of. It's just such a sad day for Leicester City and for the football community in the whole. I think we're uh, just heartbroken. I mean, this, uh, this chairman, he was more than a chairman to us. He was uh, really the heart and soul of the club. It's just a sombre atmosphere people just want to look and pay the respects just can't believe it's happened he's given Leicester City the highest of highs in their entire history of winning the Premier League the, the miracle the 5,000 to 1 and this incident without question is the lowest low in 130 odd years it's, it's, a really, it's a really tragic weekend those were the voices of Leicester City fans mourning the loss of their chairman, Vishay Siwatana Prabha. Leicester City Football Club confirmed his passing at 6 o'clock Eastern yesterday evening. He died along with four others aboard in a helicopter crash that occurred after Leicester's game with West Ham on Saturday. I'm joined with Robbie Earl for our podcast and Derek Ray as well. So thanks for coming in, Derek. Um, guys, obviously an incredibly difficult weekend. Um, some of the words and tributes of all sides of the football club, particularly a heartfelt message from Kasper Schmeichel, just brings it home what a devastating loss this is, of course, to his family, to Leicester City Football Club and the city of Leicester. What do we think, Robbie, oh, my friend? Well, I think our first thoughts, obviously, to, to the family and everybody concerned at Leicester is the headline is this guy will be the guy who's known for being responsible for winning the Premier League title with Leicester City. You know, a magnificent feat, a sporting occasion that we might not hear again for, for many years. But he was more than this. He was a foreign owner, Rob, and there's been scepticism in, in England about foreign owners coming into football clubs. That they're going to change the club. They're going to take money from the club. That they're, they're not there for the right reasons. This guy wasn't only in the football for the right reasons. He's also a huge part of Leicester City community. When you hear him read the things that have been said, he was one of them, Rob. He, he was one of those guys who was turning up every weekend to support his team, but wanted to be an active part of that community. I mean, the, the generosity of the man you get a sense of that, don't you, of what he does for the, for the not just the football club, but all around him and charities within the city. 
Yeah, and I think it's rare nowadays. Robbie's mentioned it. Um, football fans have odd relationships with owners of clubs now. They don't trust them for the most part, mm. but this was very different. And speaking personally, I remember going to Leicester season 2010-2011, just after he had bought the club. Sven Joran Eriksson was the manager. It was a Leicester-Manchester City FA Cup tie. And at that time, there was no hint of what was to come. Mm. Nobody really knew. People were sort of in the dark back then. But then you look at what has happened since. You look at that incredible fairy tale uh, ending with the title win that captured the imagination of football fans, not just in England, but around the world. And you listen to the fans, and I think it's important always to listen to the fans, and this outpouring of love, mm. and I think that's mm. what it's been, mm. um, you don't hear that with regard to other owners. Mm. And I don't think you would hear that in quite the same way with other owners. So he was special. Leicester fans knew that he was special. He was different. He wasn't in it just to make a fast buck. Mm. He was mm. there to be part of the community. And his loss is certainly going to be felt. I mean, he changed football in England in the Premier League, Rob. And yeah. what, what mm. you can dream for with those fans and with that club and that story... Does it? I mean, it does change football, doesn't it? Abs it has changed football. Absolutely. To the point, Rob, I was thinking today, as a player, every pre-season you go in, as a Premier League player, you can believe you can win the Premier League. You couldn't mm. do that back in the day. Mm. As a fan, you go to your first game of the season, you believe you can win the Premier League. As an owner of a football club, you start a season, you might just think, this is a year yeah. we do a Leicester. Exactly. It's called doing a Leicester now based on what mm. this team did and what this man built at this football club. In terms of moving forward, Derek, I mean, I, I think me and you, Rob, we, we've yeah. talked about it. Mm. And I, I mean, how, how do they do that? How difficult? How long is this going to affect the football club? I mean, the manager, of course, his son, uh, who they call Top, um, has got to try and somehow pull this club somewhere back mm. to normality. Could this affect Leicester City, Derek, for, for, for many weeks? I think undoubtedly, Robbie. I think that, that there is every chance that could be the case. Now, they postponed the EFL Cup tie against mm. Southampton, which I think had to happen. Um, I think they have to look at ways of bringing everybody together at this difficult time. Now, I, I do think that sometimes we can be emotional in the immediate aftermath of a death like this. Uh, but I think that one good step might be to say, OK, it's the King Power Stadium. That's what we've known it as for the last few years. Could it be the, the Vichai Stadium? Would that be a, mm, a, a gesture that could be made very easily yeah. and I think would meet with the approval of everyone? Mm. I, I mean, on the other hand here, it does give Leicester a cause. It does give them a, a cause to use as a, as a rallying around thing. Mm. But, but, you know... We can only imagine. We were talking before we went on the air today, and you guys were saying you hadn't been involved in no. a mm. uh, in a dressing room that had had this sort of loss. And I think just the circumstances of it. I mean, we've grown used to those of us who work in the Premier League regularly. And when I was working in the UK, you would see these shots of the helicopter yeah. at the end of yeah. every game, mm. and it was almost a, a sort of a new thing. And, and and you know, people would often make jokey remarks about it, saying, "Oh yeah, I wouldn't mind a little lift back back home on the on the chairman's helicopter." Um, but for it to to end this way, um, you know, Leicester fans will certainly never forget that Saturday uh, in October 2018. 
On such a tragic weekend, guys, it's tough to talk football, but we will do that and we'll bring you analysis of today's game and, of course, as well, the breakdown of yesterday's game's Robbie Hill. Let's mm. start with today. It's Monday yeah. today mm. as we record this and Spurs at Wembley and mm. a different looking Wembley with the NFL yeah. game that yeah. happened on Sunday. Tough mm. to see that, in, to be fair, Rob. Yeah, yeah. But Man City watch. found a way to win 1-0. Yeah. What's your biggest takeaway? That um, champions find a way that... Not playing at the best. Pep suggesting that if, if they have too many days when they don't take chances and get yeah. the second goal, mm. they'll come unstuck. Mm. Um, that they've got three points. And maybe, you know, I look at uh, Spurs in the end, sort of second part of the first half, got on the ball and created chances. Maybe Harry Kane on another day gets a goal. Certainly in the second half, we're better. Finished the game back. Eric Lamella should score from seven yards out. I know the pitch wasn't perfect, but I think a top-class player of his technique should be scoring that goal. And we're talking about different details. We're talking about a point for Spurs and a very different outlook on what was quite an even game in, in many respects. I thought it was quite even. I think um, from City's point of view, I think we're all looking this season to see if there's any kind of complacency, if, if City aren't going to be as good. Because we know it's very difficult to be so great mm. the season after another one when you've won the title. Mm. And I think we know that the manager's going to demand uh, concentration, demand performances, demand everything. We've seen that maybe with his treatment of Leroy Sane that didn't start this game yeah. again today but I think it's there and I think you talked about the quality Rob and, yeah. and there is some supreme quality there Bernardo Silva into midfield is a player that I think is, is coming on leaps and bounds for this season we know that Benjamin Mendy mm. is going to make them stronger down the left hand side Riyad Mahrez the $80 million signing got the winning goal today so Derek I, I think it's you know we're not seeing signs that they're going to drop off and with the players I mentioned there they could get better couldn't they yeah, I mean, I think this game, this win over Tottenham, you could almost characterise it as City winning ugly. Now, yeah. mm. uh, that is by City standards. Mm. Most teams would be That'd happy be beauty. to... That would be beauty for everybody <laughs> It else. would be, wouldn't it? Because, yeah. I mean, we were watching in the studio mm. the first mm. few minutes. Mm. Remember that little pass oh, by David Silva? We, we were first 10 minutes. Yeah, awestruck by it. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, they did drop down a gear. Mm. Spurs had that chance that you mentioned, that Lamella chance that I think is going to haunt them. No two mm. ways about it. But... If you analyse what City are doing, if you look at numbers, if you look at aesthetics, they're still the best team in the Premier League. They're yeah. still the team everybody else needs to catch. They're still the gold standard. Mm. And, you know, think about this. 17 goals they've scored now since last they conceded a goal yeah. in the Premier yeah. League. A win in London, um, five in a row in the Premier League. I'm told that no club from outside London has ever done that before. So, I mean, all these mm. things put together, um, you know, I think we three all thought if anybody's going to catch City, it would be Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I still see it that way. Pep Guardiola mm. said before a ball was kicked in this game that it was a five-horse race. Mm. I think he's wrong. I think it's a two-horse race with City, the favoured horse. And this is not a day to criticise Spurs, and it's not a day to criticise management. But I just want to go somewhere with, with two guys who, who've watched a lot of football and, and know about football. Pep Guardiola is a serial winner. He wins trophies wherever he's gone. And he's had money and he's built some fantastic teams. Spurs Football Club seem to get so far and, and, and fail in certain situations. Bobby Musto talked about the motivation of, of the Manchester City team and the way they play and the motivation. It doesn't look like they're, they're, they're going to drop a, a beat. Does that drive come from the manager or does that drive come self from the players? 
Well, could could Potter, could Pep take that Spurs players and and get five or ten percent more out of them by driving in, in that relentless way he works? Is is that the difference? I think it is. I think it's I think it's obviously the way he works, Rob. And I think the the what he's done in his previous clubs and people can say he's been at fantastic clubs mm. with great players but not the kind of level of dominance that continues over a period of time that's where he's special we know he's special tactically mm. and educating and, 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 and improving players but also I think he's special mentally as well and I think we're seeing it right now yes they, they could have dropped points today mm. But there wasn't many opportunities for Spurs and their defensive record, Derek, as you're hinting at there, that's looking pretty spectacular. Yeah. And, and you know, with John Stones maturing with Laporte, that I think yeah. looks, uh, maybe a Rolls-Royce is a bit too too far right now, but he is looking excellent. He's played every minute, I think, hasn't every, every game. Every uh, and and the, the style of keeping possession keeps teams away from their goal. And Pep admits it. I don't like, I don't like <laughs> the ball in our own half. Yeah. I want it away. So I think that's, that's pretty stunning. I think how it relates to Spurs and... I think we differ a little bit on this, Rob, because I sense that you're somewhat disappointed with the manager Pochettino. No, no, no. And it, I'm it, it's it, not, it's it, not it, criticism and, and disappointment. It's that it's getting it's, him over the line. It's the bit for him to be the next stage, if, if that's the case. Would, would if he had Manchester City? Let me put it another way: Would we see a, a, maybe a little bit of that of, of what of what you're talking about? It's not quite there. Is that him as a person? Is that how he's got to improve? To get to the next stage, it's not, certainly not because I think in terms of what he does, the, the level of football he works, Derek, I, I, I get the sense that, you know, he, he's absolutely doing top class and there's a reason why many clubs, including some of the biggest clubs in the world, would, would want him. But there's just something there that I'm wondering, is that the next step for him, Derek? It's interesting. Before this game, he made noises about being less than happy. Mm. And, and he, he admitted that if you look at the pure statistics, I mean, it had been Spurs' best start to a yeah. Premier League season yeah. ever going mm. into this game. Obviously, the, the defeat here changes things a bit. But he was not 100% happy. But, but he doesn't what, have to yeah. be, Derek. No, that's right. But you, you sense that there's something there that... I don't know what it means for Mauricio Pochettino. Mm. Now, I don't know what it means in terms of does he stay at Spurs for the long haul? Does he need to go to a different club in order to be a winner? That's the question. Can he win? Is it possible for him to win things at Tottenham? We've been asking that question, haven't we, for two or three years now. And, you know, the squad is strong, but the problem they have is that Manchester City are better. You know, the League Cup for, for Tottenham Hotspur, which they play on Wednesday, which is a real... Yeah. I'm not quite sure how that works. They play West Ham United on Wednesday. Could be a huge competition. <laughs> and and who plays in that who, game? On how the strong does he change go it? with that? He's yeah. got to change it. A game in two days' time is... is I think we think is is kind of ridiculous, you know, because yeah. players he's got to change I mean, the whole team. This game was dropped and in today, wasn't it? Yeah. And it's an important competition. And the Champions League now. was just a few days yeah. ago. So the, the games are coming thick and fast. I, I still tend to to admire what's going on there, Derek. And mm. I understand he's he's not happy because of today, because you're playing on a blimmin' American football field. And he wants to be in the new stadium. And the players are probably fed up of going to Wembley. The fans are fed up of turning up at Wembley to watch their team. They want to be in this exciting new stadium, almost the start of something new Did and, the and exciting. Football field hurt them today, then, on, on that basis? <sighs> I don't think... It, 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 listen, we know, of course, it's the same for both teams. Bobbly, flat. Mm. But as a home team, Robbie Earl, they could be in their own stadium with a, with a, with a brilliant support 
and a great surface and welcomed the champions into the stadium. So, yeah, it could have been a better situation for them in this fixture of this season to play at home against the champions instead of being in, in a home that's not their home and, and, and a less than ideal atmosphere. We weren't there, obviously, but we were following every pass. That didn't seem like a home game no. for Tottenham, did it? No. It seemed it like a game it harder for them to at be a neutral dominant. venue on a bad pitch. Well, let me tell yeah. you, when we saw the game last, week, last year at Wembley, when Spurs played Man City on a decent pitch... Manchester City took them apart. Yeah. So there's another way to spin it, and yeah. I'm not saying one's right or one's wrong, but I'm, I just don't like when a manager before a game is almost telling us the reason why we might not win it. Mm. Yeah. And that's, my, that's how I am as a player. That's how I, don't, I don't want my manager to tell me why I might not win. I want to feel that I'm going to win, and then after he can tell me, actually, you're stupid, we're never going to win that game. But it just doesn't feel right for me. That's the kind of person I am and how I like to be managed. And, and think about it this way, both Robbies, they've lost now at home against Manchester City and they've lost at home against Liverpool, the two mm-hmm. teams who yeah. we think are legitimately the title contenders. They need new players in January. Yep. Do you think, Derek, that, they're, that the chairman's going to release funds? I know it's difficult. I mean, it's just a difficult. It's a difficult stadium, market at any There's time money gone into that stadium. to pick a player that's going to improve. Because we all agree, it's mm. a good squad oh, of players, but they need... Improve, improvement of the starting eleven, yeah. and it's hard to find a player that fits into their their. That's that's kind of a victim of, of their success because to make them better, they've mm. got to spend a lot of money, which they haven't got. So, they haven't is, got. so, so yeah. I've said before, Rob, I feel like it's a bit of a ceiling for Spurs, mm. particularly when you see some of the money of the other teams, the Liverpool invested for this season, and others, Chelsea historically, and of course Man City, is difficult for Spurs to compete, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and say money's gone in the stadium now and there's all talk of that. I mean, it, it's difficult. Top four, again, has got to be the priority for Tottenham. To get Champions League football when they go in that new stadium is a key. Yes or no, Derek Ray? <laughs> top four. Top four, yes. Top four. One thing to throw into the debate here. Right. I have a feeling Spurs are not going to make it out of the Champions League group, but mm. they could be in the Europa League. Now, could that be oh, gosh, the yeah. sort of competition... Mm that could give them the trophy that their fans really crave? Or could they kind of neglect the competition to focus on the Premier League to finish in the, the top, top four? four? Equally possible. So you're a yes. <laughs> I'm a yes for top four. Yes. Robbie Earl. Based on what I've seen this season, no. Which puts us nicely to the next game we're going to talk about. Mm. North London Rivals who are currently sat in fourth position, Rob. Mm. Yesterday was the yeah. early game against Palace away. 2-2. Yeah, the unbeaten run continues for Unai Emery. It wasn't a victory, um, but more signs they're doing the right things. Absolutely. Um, I wasn't too disappointed with the draw in that I thought it was a learning, uh, learning experience for the players. Football wasn't great; didn't play particularly well. Um, made sure come out with a point. We've seen Arsenal teams in the past when things haven't gone particularly well, lose 1-0 and not get on the ball and not look injured. This guy has brought something different to this group of players. There's a responsibility now with your place, with the way you play, to the point where Mesut Ozil, who was captain, who was lauded all last week and has been... Everybody was, you know, carrying them on his shoulders and throwing roses at him, was taken off after about 60-odd minutes and not happy. And you know, when I saw that, I thought, well played. That's exactly... My, it's okay for Mesut Ozil, well played Mesut Ozil for not being happy, because that's what I want when you, mm-hmm. when you come off, and well played Unai Emery for not indulging this guy in a game when tactically he felt we needed something else on the pitch, he did it. Arsene Wenger would, has never done that in his days, and I just think that's a big important step for Arsenal. 
This manager is showing who's in charge and what's the, the, the collective is more important than any individual. Do you sense, Derek, that the, the it's a different Arsenal? We've talked about it many times on the on the podcast. I don't want to kind of give you that those clues, if you like. What do you see that's different this season from them? Well, I, I do a newspaper column for a Sunday paper in the UK, and I did it this week on Arsenal. And I did it um, with 11 successive wins on the board. And I did wonder about this game at mm. Palace. I described it in my column, Selhurst Park, as and you guys have played there, as, as a wasp's nest of a, of a football stadium. Because you never quite know what's right. going to happen. The fans mm. seem to be right on top of you. And, and I, what I've been wondering under Unai Emery is... Can Arsenal bridge, if you like, the softness gap? I mean, you know, Arsenal have always played really yeah. eye-catching football, but there have been things wrong for a few years that have prevented them taking the, the next step, the, the, the step to being contenders when it comes to, to certainly the Premier League. They've won the FA Cup in recent years. Um, but I think that what Unai Emery has done in a short space of time is actually pretty remarkable. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's done, and we made reference to this on the air the other week. You look at simple things like running statistics. Yeah. And Arsenal were middle of the pack yeah. under Arsene Wenger latterly last season. Um, until this past weekend, I don't know if it's been updated, um, taking into account the weekend gone by, but but they were number one in the Premier League in terms of running. Now, that's not the only relevant category that you look at, but there's a tangible improvement that yeah. they've made. And you look at the players and the attitude out there, you know, I think that the addition of somebody like Torreira has been fantastic yeah. because he's a positive presence, yeah. isn't he? He's mm. that kind of all-action mm. midfield player that, mm. that maybe they didn't they have before. before. Yeah, no. and, and, you know, we know Emery from his work in Spain. And, and, you know, I thought that there was a lot of unfair criticism levelled against Arsenal when they appointed Unai Emery. A lot of people were saying, nah, this is not a big enough name. It should be... I'm thinking, well, who, who do you really want? I mean, this mm. guy has real credibility mm. in terms mm. of what he's done in yeah. Spain. He was at PSG. Okay, you can say, well... You know, you know, I could manage PSG, and they, I, you know, it's not as simple as that, no, as, as we know. No, some of the personalities um, there. Yeah. yeah, and so I think that the signs are very positive. They would have liked a win, but they keep the unbeaten run going. Mm. And Arsenal probably not a top four team, but but I think they're going to be a sort of a four and a half ish yeah. team this season. I think uh, a lot of good signs. Yeah, I think I think the thing that's impressed me is that he's stayed true to what he believes Arsenal should be, yeah. which is a footballing side and an attacking team, and they've got some blimmin' good attackers there, and the numbers mm. are set right now. In the table in terms of goals scored but he's, he has tweaked defensively mm. what I looked for in this game Derek was we've seen Arsenal before and we've criticised Arsenal before through getting a, a great victory all the players are happy the selfies in the dressing room and all that and then the next weekend they fall flat they didn't fall flat they didn't win the game but there's a, there's a I remember writing my notes watching the game I wrote fo- feisty there's a little feisty edge to Arsenal. And I can't remember the last mm. time, Robbie, we've mm. said feisty. I mean, whether it's Torreira, whoever playing, yeah, I thought there was yeah, a little bit more of an aggressive yeah. side to them, which has to come from the manager. Let me just throw a question and go off a little bit of a tangent. They conceded the last goal with Wilfred Zaha taking on Granit Xhaka, who played at left back. Yeah. Was that a mistake? That's a big call, no, by the way, Robbio. No, Hang on no. a minute. That's a big call to play Granit Xhaka as a left back and Stefan Licksteiner, who was mm. brought into the football club, yeah. a very experienced fullback, yeah. and leave him on the bench. I thought that was a mistake. Okay, and I didn't. Because Lich, that... Licksteiner looks like a robot. Like, he, he needs a bit yeah, of oil experience. <laughs> to, to get his joints going. <laughs> Granit Xhaka smashes well, he didn't, look, he didn't look Granit, particularly Granit, fluid when Zaha went by him. He brought no, him down. He played, it, he played left back in the Europa League. There's obviously a reason why the manager believes that, that he can play there. Yes, he made a mistake with the thing. But 
we've seen plenty of fullbacks. I see uh, Fossey Manson make a bad challenge on, on Callum Wilson. He's a, he's a defender. So just one mistake doesn't mean that it's a bad decision. And you know what? The manager went with it. He might sit back and say, I, I would have gone the other way. But I, I'm absolutely okay with it. Just like, and I wanted to go to this point, but Leno, the, the goalkeeper, he brought this goalkeeper in and has probably deep down thought, he's my number one. But he's managed that situation no, yeah. brilliantly oh. to the point where he let Petacek play. Petacek wasn't great with his feet. Petacek gets a hamstring injury. Leno, Leno goes in and almost like now, we, I think we're starting to see the, t- the changeover. Leno's going to be the number one. He's sort of done it organically, yeah, hasn't he? It's Rather than forcing something Absolutely. through. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just, that's what I feel with the, the Granite Xhaka thing. He obviously played him in, Euro- in the Europa. They won. Feels that he gives them the balance for whatever reason. Yeah. Just a, a line, maybe a last line on them. Skoja Mustafi, really bad decision to go to the ground and give a penalty away, Rob. Now, in terms of taking it forward and yeah. we've seen Liverpool build some in some yeah. ways from front to back. Yeah. Is that centre back? I think we agree that Rob Holding's coming on really well. Yeah. Is Mustafi Derek Ray? Is he I mean you've seen him a lot, I'm yeah. sure in the past, of course. Um is he going to hold the team back? Probably. Um I, I think it's fair criticism. You know, I, I think I've watched Mustafi uh, over many years and I, I think again, you know, Koscielny obviously has has been injured mm-hmm. for, for quite some time. Uh, but there still is that, use that softness word earlier, there still is that softness. Holding is coming onto a game, no doubt about it. Mm. But you look at what Mustafi did in this match, and I don't put Mustafi in the category of, of top central defender yeah, in the yeah. Premier League. I think yeah, he's yeah. adequate, but I think Arsenal can do better. The other game on Sunday, Robbio, mm. was Manchester United versus Everton. Yeah. Um, of course, so much talk about Jose Mourinho's United this season and, yeah, yeah. and the ups and downs and roller coaster ride. Mm. Um, this was good, by the way, and I think we've always been pretty fair. I yeah. think we've been pretty yeah. honest in what we, our we, feelings. We, yeah. we 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 say what we if feel. It's bad, we criticise. And, and right now, yeah. that, that was the, okay. That was well, it was better than okay. It was expansive. I thought they they wanted to be on the ball. There was no sense of them. Than thinking about what the managers wants out of them in terms of being in a good shape and, and making sure they're doing a defensive side. They got on the ball Does, and they played a little bit. And doesn't that come out of having possession of the ball, playing a little bit more natural? It almost looked more natural than anything we've seen over the last few weeks now. Big interesting call. No Romelu Lukaku in the starting eleven. Marcus Rashford gets his chance up there. Maybe didn't make as good a chance uh, of the opportunity as, as he could or should have done. Um, but it was definitely more on the front foot, more possession, more movement, balls going in the box. Just looked like they were going to create chances and score a few more goals, Derek. Which, I mean, you saw them a couple of weeks ago at Chelsea, saw yeah. them live. Um, I still thought the reins were on a little bit that day, more than what we saw at the weekend. Yeah, I, I, can I say that? I really enjoyed the Manchester United-Everton mm. game. And mm. I haven't said that about too many mm. United home games in the last couple of years. Um, I thought the atmosphere seemed to be up. I thought that United were more expansive on the front foot. Lo and behold, maybe it was you know related to what we saw at Stamford Bridge. And just going back to that game, Robbie, I mean, I thought that early on it was the Mourinho-esque Manchester United. But then something happened in the mm. second half. Again, maybe just circumstances mm. similar to what happened against Newcastle when yeah. they had to chase the game. Mm. And we know, this is what's frustrating about United. We know they can be expansive and attractive when they want to be but the shackles are all too often on. But but this was, I think, if they played this way on a regular basis, United fans would be happy. They didn't miss Lukaku in terms of the, the starting 11. Um, you know, I, I think if you look at, uh, you know, who might 
play in other games. I mean, Rashford can play there, can't he? We, we mm. know that. But, um, but, but what do we think about Rashford, Rob, in this game? And this is his opportunity. He got, he, I'd he's love to see him play the whole game. Yeah, but mm. this has happened before, hasn't it? Where he's got chances centre forward yeah, and he hasn't really, really done it. it. No. And, and my, my sort of thought after this was, so we brought Lukaku on almost and I'm thinking, he's trying to get Lukaku a goal here to yeah. get his confidence. <laughs> yeah. Now, Lukaku didn't particularly do nothing particularly well and he had a good head, chance from a yeah. header when his timing was all off mm. and you've always got a position where you've got Manchester United now with two strikers who are both a little bit on edge and not quite on top of the game mm. and you've got Martial who's looking on fire from that left hand side who almost could play as a centre forward and maybe Alexis Sanchez I mean Whatever happened to him? Is he still part of the picture? Well, well he, he was part of the picture, <laughs> yeah. which is why Martial wasn't mm. playing. Yeah. And before Lexus came, Derek, I mean, Martial was really, really looking the part on the left-hand side. Are we going to see changes from Jose again? Because we've been here before, yeah, by the way, yeah. where we're like, you know what? That, that's good. That looks good. That yeah. kind of looks good. And, and then, there'll be a, a, then it's change and change and change. Do you remember at the start of last season, he was almost, uh, to use the, sort of the American word, platooning. Rashford and, and Martial on that left-hand side, left -hand side yeah. and, and it was yeah. working quite well mm. you know they would yeah. each be given a go and yeah. then he's got away from that mm. but you have a player in Martial who clearly has ability and whose confidence yeah. is sky high yeah. at the moment I mean mm. you would be wanting to, to ride that train right well, now I hope so yeah. but it wouldn't surprise us Derek <laughs> if maybe one more game he doesn't quite look right and his, mm. his body language isn't brilliant then he makes yeah. a change in there again he's yeah. always constantly trying to Maybe get the best out of these players on a consistent basis. I just feel like let him play. It's, over, it's overthinking it sometimes. Maybe, isn't it? Yeah. maybe, maybe. Paul Pogba. Yeah, I thought we were going to go there. Well, I want to go there because <laughs> again, it's there's a lot of good and there's some bad. We know, and we all saw the flick that led to that uh, situation with Smalling yeah, rashly yeah. comes in and mm -hmm. brings a penalty down. But I thought Pogba, for the most part, was impressive. Yeah, played well. Was dominant. Mm -hmm. Was getting yeah. on the ball. Was making things happen. Was driving forward. Picks up loose balls so easy because of his size. So do we have to put up with a little bit of I think flick? we have to put up, yeah, I think so. Is that, is that what it is? Well, it's is either you put is? up with it or you, you keep calling him out, yeah, maybe you, you yeah, sitting him on the bench. That's not going to work, is it? Because well, you, you, you're lessening his confidence, you, you're, you're affecting his freedom to play and his ability to express himself. It might just be that he is that guy that every now and then is going to want to, I wouldn't say it's showboat, but he's flicking a ball and putting it over somebody's head. Mm. I think that's who he is. Yeah, I think that's who, who the personality is, who the character is, who the kid who's grown up starting in France and coming to Manchester United and, and going to Juve. I think that's what he is now uh, do, as a player. Do we, do we think, based on that, that, you know, Pogba can give us joy as neutral observers? Mm. No doubt about that. Yeah. But do we have to put up with some of the other stuff as well, some of the more annoying mm. things. Well, you can build a, a midfield around it yeah, a little bit, correct. which we see. Yeah. He's, he's got so, Matic always there. Mm. Fred was there as well. That's so there's point. two players that might have a defensive eye on things yeah. more than he does. It's a little bit like Ozil at Arsenal, isn't it? We talked about yeah, the you can two set behind him make you can the set structure, structure better. He looks, you know, there's not such an onus on him to, to do that kind of stuff. Do yeah. we guys think now that we're going to see a consistent level well, of performance, that's a question. Uh, uh, you know, that's a with question. victories and with building momentum we get, we get and all the, the talk of Jose <laughs> not lasting days and weeks and never going to last Christmas, uh, that, that you actually get some feeling good about themselves and they go on around. What do you think, Derek? Well, is it going to change now? I, I, I listen to this podcast quite regularly when I'm at airports, on trains, uh, on <laughs> You're the one. buses, one <laughs> of many, and happy to, to spread the gospel. But um, I've heard you say this, Robbie Musto, that, that you think that Mourinho will probably mm. limp along right. until they make big structural changes. I, I'm, I'm of that mindset, you know. I, I think he 
I share your opinion on that. I, I think that that's what's probably going to happen. Um, I'm not sure I see United getting anywhere near the top four. In the Champions League, it's going to be touch and go with Juventus, the best team in their group. We're going to learn a lot about them when they face Manchester City on the 11th of November. Mm. And again, you'd have to fancy City based on form at the moment. So um, I, I think Mourinho will still be in place. Maybe not at the end of the season, but towards the end of the season, and then they'll make a decision. Yeah. yeah see, so, so, I Derek, just, so Derek, Derek thinks, thinks a little bit more like you. So I just wonder, and I, and I hear both of you two, and obviously respect your views, what is limping along <laughs> look like at the end of the season? <laughs> what does it... I mean, Champions League, group stage or knockout stage, probably get knocked out. League Cup's gone. Yeah. Top four position challenge. Well, Derek's, Derek just said challenge. That it, it looks FA difficult Cup, for them. The one thing I, I left. think they might find a bit of a run and they're going to threaten the top four. So what I mean by, by yeah. limping along is okay. that they're going to they're encourage people enough... To, to kind of go along with this and I feel at the end of the season that there'll be an evaluation where you should sort of take a step back okay what's happened this season and it will be a disappointment and I think there'll be structural changes and I think they'll look for a different manager mm. for the summer to go forward because this is three four seasons now and if we're saying they're struggling to get into the top four with the money with the time with everything else and with the football not being consistently good it might be a t- a, a, a Time for a new direction. The only thing that might get in the way of our argument, Robbie Musto, is the next three fixtures, Bournemouth away, Bournemouth who are flying, Juventus away, the reverse Correct. fixture Manchester, of the Champions League, yeah. Manchester City get away. Good hiding. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's two or three away from us having this whole conversation uh, going and saying, yeah. oh, and then no, Earl, Earl's go. like, I, I told you, look, he's not going <laughs> to last till Christmas. I mean, I, I look at it and think Champions League, how deep they go in there is crucial and how far away they are from the top four. If yeah. those two things start to coincide, like out of the Champions League and not particularly looking like they're hitting the top four, bang, I, I think they push the button. Let's switch it over to Everton, because Everton's an interesting mm. story, really mm. interesting. We know that there's a, there's a ton of supporters in the US that yeah, want to hear yeah, us talk but, about Everton, yeah. and I think that is an interesting football club. There's been a lot mm. of transition, there's been a lot of money wasted, there's been you know different players coming in, different systems. Marco Silva, for me, is just starting to find a bit of a consistent setup. I don't think he's anywhere near finishing it yet. Richarlison no. played again up front, Sigerson played in behind, which I like. Bernard is feeling his way into the Premier League. I'd love to see more of Adamola Lukman in, in a wide position. Theo Walcott's spot in the team for me would be under pressure as well. But Derek, do you think, do you think that, that Marco Silva is going to show and prove to everybody that he is a good manager and are Everton, whose expectations are always so high because they, they want so badly for their team to, to start threatening towards the top of the league? Is he going to be the man that's going to bring it? I think he has a fighting chance, and I think he started well. Mm. Now, it's interesting. If you, again, look at the points totals from last season, you look at what Sam Allardyce did playing a very unattractive brand Mm. of football, Mm. you know, it's probably pretty similar uh, in terms of points on the board. But I think a world of difference stylistically. And I think he's using players the right way. Sigurdsson's the classic example. I mean, Sigurdsson last season, we were all tearing our hair out, weren't we? Because we know what a good player he is. But he looked like the loneliest man on the Merseyside. Played in different spots in the team. Different sports, not playing to his strengths at all. But as you said, um, you know, getting much more out of Sigurdsson. Lukman is somebody who I find really interesting. And I think Marco Silva is a very good coach for a talented player like Lukman. I watched him when he was in Germany playing for Leipzig and I think learned a lot there in a short space of time and they certainly desperately wanted him back um, but I, I think that the the building blocks are there and you know the question you would ask is 
how good can Everton be? What is the sort of the ceiling on their ambitions mm. this season? And I think that, okay, they've got Bournemouth and Watford ahead of them at the moment. Are they overachieving? Maybe, but mm. that might mm. be doing Bournemouth down a little bit because I think they've made fabulous strides under Eddie Howe. Um, but uh, I think they have the right progressive manager for mm. the fans and the fans are important when it comes to Everton. And I think, the fans have been treated a little bit badly in recent seasons in terms of the football that's been served up, but not this season. The centre forward, Robbie Earl. Yeah, problem. What, problem. Do, what do you do? Do you stick with Richarlison? I as stick a with Richarlison. Why? I, because I still think he's a little bit like Onautovic. He, he, he can play in different spots. He, he, he's, he's shown he's a good finisher. He's got good size. Um, if you get Sigurdsson underneath him and maybe uh, Luckman one side and Bernard playing well or, or even Theo at times. I think they still ascend. I think that's a front four that can cause defenders problem. And, and I agree with Derek. When I've watched Everton in the past under different managers, it's almost like the team doesn't fit. It looks disjointed. It's like, why are you playing him there? And that doesn't look... This team starts to look right. Now, is it ready to, to go to, to challenge top tips? Absolutely mm. not. He's got to work some things out. But the difference, and it's a key difference between, you say, maybe the numbers in terms of what Salad Allardyce would do and Marco Silva. Marco Silva will improve you players. Sam Allardyce will get you results. Yeah. But Marco Silva will get results and improve players. And eventually, long term, that's the thing that Everton have to do. It's interesting, you know, because it's almost like a rehab job for Marco yeah, Silva because yeah. there's been a lot of mm. all weird stuff going on. Mm. And we know that with the new ownership there, that there is money going to come into football club. It's interesting when Derek talks about a ceiling. Yeah. I think there is a ceiling right now, given the squad. And, you know, some of those players from last year have gone. It's, it's a different looking team. But the ceiling is going to get higher for me as the time goes on and windows yeah, come through. Because yeah, I think they, they, there is money, more money mm. to spend. And when the, the manager secures a steady kind of football club, then we could see different players, new but players. Should Everton be seventh in the league? Should, should, is that their place? I always feel to me these are top six mm. and then there should be Everton Best and, of the rest. and Newcastle United. Yeah. Ran properly, though that's mm. my top eight. And they can do that this year, Everton. Yeah. That might be the ceiling you're talking about, Derek, isn't it, for this season? Yeah, because, as I say, Bournemouth and Watford are where they are. Who's to say mm. they won't stay there or stay in the top ten? But, but as Robbie said, that's what Everton should be looking at, is that position just outside the top six, mm. at the moment, anyway. Absolutely. Gents, absolutely great to chat. We've got Thanks, our special guest. Pleasure, Pleasure as always. Pleasure. Great stuff, mate. And you, our listeners, don't forget to look out for our next Premier League podcast by downloading the two Robbies on Apple Podcasts next weekend. So a weekend when the two Manchester teams got single goal wins. City go top of the table, United go to eight, and Arsenal have to be content with a point to Palace. Don't forget, massive weekend next weekend. Four game window on Saturday. Bournemouth, Man United, Cardiff, Leicester. Arsenal take on Liverpool and Wolves, Spurs. And on a day when our prayers and thoughts go to all those at Leicester City, I'm Earl, he's Mustard, together with his two Robbies, with our special guest, Derek Ray. Thanks for listening, and bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 